everyone. Welcome to Pentapodics with Mr. Watson. I am indeed your host, Christian Watson. It is so wonderful, so phenomenal to be with all of you on this very, not boisterous, but very active 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. And if any of you have a birthday today, happy birthday to you as well. It's just this day has a special place in my heart. And unlike what I think some, some folks may think, I deeply appreciate everything America represents. And when I say America, I don't mean the government of America. I don't mean the politicians of America. I mean the ideas upon which the name of America, the land of America, the nation of America is predicated upon. Upon which people who first called themselves Americans used to animate their essence, animate their being, and to materialize and manifest a world conducive to their higher self, i.e. their individual freedom. That is what I mean when I say America. That definition is going to be crucially important, indispensable to understanding the rest of my, 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 my message as we as we continue. Because ultimately, guys, this is not about people. This is about ideas. And the story of America, the idea of America, is ultimately and profoundly conflated with people and institutions not ideas. And when you conflate America with people and institutions, you will always miss what this country is truly about, what the ideas this country was founded upon is truly about. This is idea that libertarians such as myself dislike America. But there's nothing to... I, I, I cannot speak for everyone, but I can speak for myself. I don't dislike this country at all. But there is a fundamental difference between disliking the ideas of a nation and disliking what certain governments in that nation have done. Unfortunately, certain governments within that nation have fallen far away, far astray from the principles, the higher order principles, might I say, that America has come to represent and came to represent when it was conceived on hallowed ground in 1776 and when it was officiated and ratified in 1787. There are a lot of folks who want to conflate personalities with principles. And we're going to break that matrix of mediocrity, of mundane thinking, as I say, today. Or I hope to break it at least. I hope, if you choose to think that way continually, that's fine. So in, in the spirit of 1776, in the spirit of 4th of July, I will read a document that was penned by one Thomas Jefferson on July 4th, 1776. Declaration of Independence, which was the the rebuke to King George's antics, the rebuke to his wretched tactics, which did nothing more than try to smother the potentials and the natural individual divinity of American citizens, which did nothing more than infringe upon objective rights with subjective and dark premises, which did nothing more than try to use them not as human beings, but as cattle. To be, to, to be ordered around and bossed around by folks with force. If anything, King George was the epitome of a tyrant. And anyone who supported his regime were also epitomes of tyrants. Because being a tyrant does not mean you necessarily have governments behind you or force behind you. There is a story in ancient Greek philosophy called Hiero or Tyrannicus. 
and by written by a poet called Xenophon, a Greek philosopher and poet called Xenophon. And you can live a tyrannical lifestyle without ever exerting force upon people. So the so the tyrannical lifestyle is not necessarily one of happiness or satisfaction. It's one of complete utter terror because the tyrant is constantly trying to gain public approbation. He's constantly trying to throw himself as a sacrificial lamb to the community but, or herself. The tyrant is someone who does not exist for themselves, but instead is parasitically feeding off of the essences of those around them, either on their command or for their approbation. A tyrant is someone who doesn't live for themselves and always lives for someone else, whether it be at their command or not. And a lot of people who supported King George were not living for themselves. They were living for someone else, which is why they were perfectly fine violating people's private property rights and going into houses and quartering, killing them if they disobeyed an order or a diktat from a, or from a British officer. That's why the idea of principles are so much more important and so more consequential to the fundamental understanding of the American experiment than people ever will be. So I'll read a part of the Declaration of Independence, which highlights the premise of my argument as to why I think America needs to be more concerned, or people in America need to be more concerned with principles over people. Because Mr. Jefferson, in the words ensconched in this divine treatise of, of illumination certainly did. I'm not going to start at the beginning. I'm going to go to the fourth line. The separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitled them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind, requires that they should declare causes which impel them to separation. This was, of course, a part of, a part of the initial part of the Declaration, which laid out the reasons as to why the colonists wanted to secede. But notice on how the premise in this is predicated. To assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God. So immediately right there, guys. We see the declaration was not about, was not premised upon a person. It was a response to what people had done. It was a response to a tyrant, but it was not premised upon an individual person. Watch, no, watch me, guys. This is some revolutionary stuff. It's a revelation that I'm trying to give you right here. Because the sooner you learn this, the sooner you'll be able to coherently, holistically, philosophically, righteously analyze every political system in this world. Because you will never look at a person. When you see Russia, you should not see Vladimir Putin. When you see Russia, when you see China, you should not, you should not see Xi Jinping. When you see this stuff, you should see the ideas these countries were predicated upon. And how institutions have carried them or not carried them to the fullest of their capability. So we see Jefferson talking about the laws of nature and nature's God, upon which the idea of natural rights, which are the, which is basically the basic theory that human beings have inviolable in their constitution, rights which allow them to operate, not just as political animals, but beings in general, and enable their life force, and that no government shall take them away. So it's, it's these laws. And of course, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is, is mentioned here. And so he talks about why governments are instituted, and that when a foreign government becomes destructive, these ends they alter or abolish. 
But what's important here is to understand this. He uses these ideas as a precursor to his grievances. Then Jefferson talks about King George. He has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. Blah, blah, blah. Afterwards, right after he does, uh, he mentions the ideas. He talks about George. Oftentimes in our society today, it's not the ideas which are the precursor to conversation as people. It's President Trump. It's Hillary Clinton. Mitch McConnell. All this. It's not what they do. It's who they are. And the more politics becomes about who they are, the more we get away from actually understanding what this country is. This is why the modern day form of patriotism is dangerous. Patriotism denotatively, as it actually is, honoring the principles of America is quite virtuous. But patriotism that is blind, blindly slavish to the government, because the government can do no wrong, and it supports America, and the phraseology and the paradigm of some of these patriot folks is a not patriotism. It is complacency. It is obedience. But it is an anathema to every sacrifice and every, every, every drop of blood spilled by people who sought to establish this haven of higher order ideas. And so, another example of this that is found in the ancient text, or not so ancient, but the sacred text, I would say, of this nation's founding. It's found in Give Me Liberty and Give Me Death by Patrick Henry. A speech which I have read several times. I'm getting to it right now. In this speech, Henry admonishes the legislative body he's a part of for not taking appropriate action after the this happened year before the Declaration of Independence. 1775. But even in this, Henry mentions ideas before anyone else. He mentions ideas. You know, for example, Henry says, he says, if it is, it is natural to man to indulge in the illusions of hope, we are apt to shut our eyes against a painful truth. Is this the part of wise men engaged in a great and arduous struggle for liberty? Are we disposed to be of the number of those who, having eyes, see not, and having ears, hear not the things which so nearly concern their temporal salvation? Look at what he just said to you guys. Henry just hit you guys with something that is that is extraordinary. That is on a higher order level that most folks, even especially the folks who he was giving that speech to, didn't understand. Let me read that again. Are we disposed to be of the number of those who having eyes, having eyes, which are the gateway to both the soul and the world, see not and having ears, which is sort of the processor of the world, with pair with the senses, which allows us to fully comprehend and perceive that which we exist in, hear not the things which so nearly con concern than temporal salvation. Their temporal salvation. Then he says, and this is the most, this is the important part. For my part, whatever anguish of spirit it may cost, I am willing to know the whole truth, to know the worst, and to provide for it. So Henry's premise 
which was one of the rallying calls for Americans to stick up for their individual rights, was predicated upon objective truth. Objective truth. And he went on to explain that objective truth is fundamentally human liberty. These are reasons why I adore America. Because America was not founded upon personalities. It wasn't founded upon a material instance. Material instances indeed galvanized the founding of America, but it was not founded upon that. It was founded upon the abstract realm. In the abstract realm, this was so beautiful in America, anyone can aspire to reach up and root those ideas and root those down into this earth and experience them for themselves. You have access. You have the keys to what America truly is. You got the keys, guys. But unfortunately, Unfortunately, the moment someone mentions the fact that many governments in America, when I say governments, I mean presidential administrations, have perpetuated militarism, they've perpetuated police brutality, they've perpetuated welfare dependency, they have perpetuated, you know, the, the, the destruction and dilution of self-reliance, they have perpetuated the rise of xenophobia, they have perpetuated a bunch of concepts that are choking, asphyxiating the life out of the American spirit, out of individuality, individual rights, and adherent self-reliance, as Emerson would say, that are establishing, as also Emerson would say, the idea of goodness to be unassailable and inviolable to any critique, which actually not only hurts the individual, but hurts goodness as well, because anything that is living, especially if it is living in the minds of men, requires constant reformation or reevaluation. Let me hit you with that again. Anything that is living, especially that which lives in the minds of men or women, requires consistent and constant reformation and reevaluation. And in my opinion, we need to blaze forth a new patriotism that is willing to reevaluate this country whenever a government of this country does something wrong, is willing to hold that government to the standards of the higher order ideas America was predicated upon. Don't mistake my disdain for some of the actions of people who claim to be the top progenitors of this great land for a hatred of America. I, I love this country with all my heart. But I love the country because I recognize that it is predicated upon the idea that I am good enough to do what I want in my own life. Not because I am good enough to be a servant to the country which things like selective service would seem to say that I, that is my worth, unfortunately. Not because I'm good enough to constantly pledge my allegiance to a flag, a piece of cloth. Not because, and, and, and not, not because of anything, but primarily because, guys, I am good enough to pursue my own happiness in my own life. That is why I like America. We've 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 bound, we've imprisoned our ideas, our potentials, and objects. The flag is a pretty symbol. The flag does symbolize a lot of American freedoms. But not appraising the flag every moment or every two moments or every year or every ten years or every fifty years is not a statement about someone's patriotism. It's probably a statement about someone's self self direction. 
and self-direction was one of the things the colonists fought for. There's nothing more conservative, and in case there are any conservatives listening to this, and I love you guys, you guys are, love you, love you all. There's nothing conservative, at least in the American tradition, if you're truly trying to conserve the American tradition, about besmirching those who choose their own path. No one hates America if they don't want to salute a flag. No one hates America if if there's got a book called wars. No one hates America if they simply want to have a, a, a government held to a higher and better standard. No one hates America if they simply want to see the land that they have been told is the land of the free actually be the land of the free and not monitor their, monitor their, their citizens with massive roving surveillance that is against the law and not seize their property with civil asset forfeiture and not completely and utterly destroy their their potentiality of being happy and being fulfilled simply in the name of public safety or the public good or these other tyrannical constructs that really don't mean anything and are vacuous and are simply a tool and a vehicle for tyranny to ensue. When people want their country to be held to a higher standard, which many patriots do, by the way, that should be applauded. But it should not only be applauded when it is a grievance violation of your individual rights, it should be applauded when it is a commonly accepted violation of your individual rights. Not saluting the flag is perfectly within the realm of individual rights. And we need to understand that honoring the country is very different than honoring the flag. Americans honor the country every single day by continuously pursuing their highest good, their highest potentials. But unfortunately, the government makes that very hard. Taxation, occupational licensing, licensing issues, obtrusive health inspections that don't really inspect anything and just push an agenda, like the EPA, burgeoning educational requirements that don't really actually satisfy the intellectual dietary requirements that someone needs to have the tools to operate in our modern day society. Blind adherence to certain creeds that may or may not be benefiting you, but you're just doing it because your parents did it or your mom did it or your brother did it or your friends do it. Conformity, destruction of the self. All that stuff, all that stuff is not going to be to your highest good. And all that stuff has been made escapable by the fact that there were a few people hundreds of years ago willing to sit here and believe that you, your mind, your genius, your individuality was special enough that you could cultivate it for yourself. That is the American mind. That is the genius of America's founding. Principles, not people. Principles, not people. Principles, not people. Principles, not objects. And so, I adore America. I actually don't think I want to live anywhere else in the world permanently. I want to experience the world. I would love to go to Europe, Scandinavia, all those countries. But there is not, there is no stronger tradition of freedom anywhere else in the world except America. Now, when you say America is exceptional, I take problem. I take I take problem with that statement, because number one, we, we are exceptional in a certain area, in the securing of individual rights. There is no country that does it better than us in that area. 
But when you say America is overall the best country in the world, well, it may not be the best country for someone else, though. There may be someone who doesn't really want to embrace the freedom tradition, even though that is probably the object- objectively the only tradition that makes any ethical sense to me. But there's all kinds of folks who don't want to embrace that. America may not be best for them. You know, America, so, so you can't make a universal statement like that without taking into account a value statement, without taking into account certain individual qualifiers. So, do I think we're exceptional in some areas? I do. But do I think that we are the best nation, bar none? I think that's a question that remains to be seen. And I think that we have to really, if we're going to even explore that question, we have to really ask ourselves. Are we holding ourselves up to the standard to even be considered, to even be a contestant for that question? Over the past 20, 30 years of presidents, I don't think we have been. Clinton didn't. Bush Jr., I, I, I think he did his, I think that part, I think he wanted to, but he didn't really do it. Barack Obama certainly sure as hell didn't. <laughs> I mean, going into Libya without congressional approval and saying, and circumventing the, the processes that are that were meant to secure a, a a fruitful, productive legislative body and society, and and, <laughs> and look, you can go against institutions and be fine, but he went against institutions that were meant to safeguard certain rights. That's the pro. You see, I don't care if you are an iconoclast and that you think that your institutions or traditions need to be challenged. I agree with you, but you needn't circumvent illegitimately an institution meant to safeguard rights. No, no, no. He did that now. Barack Obama did a bunch of other things. USA Freedom Act, all kind of things that were just absolutely abysmal. We just haven't really been making the best choice we possibly could have in how we have elected our leaders and how we have wanted our country to be maintained. We have to under, we have to understand how that can take away from the statement that America is the best country on earth. We've got a lot of work to do, people. We've got a ton of work to do. But you know what? The American mind, American mind, so to speak, have gotten out of more ruts and have constructed more castles from mud than any other individualistic minds in the world, primarily because we have permitted people to think and act for themselves. There's this perverse idea going wrong, this perverse notion that America, the revolution in 1776 was illegitimate, unjustified. My answer to that statement is unjustified by what standard? By a moral standard, an ethical standard, a political standard? What's your standard? I'm certain the British and their illegitimate laws certainly didn't think it was justified. And when I say illegitimate laws, any law that does not further natural rights, does not further individual, the, the, the perpetuation, propagation of individual happiness and individual life is not a legitimate law. How do laws further them? Laws further them by staying out of, of the individual's life. We don't, laws do not give individuals this kind of stuff. We already have it inside of us. We have a divine quality of individuality deep inside of our body and meshed into our souls that we can consistently, constantly exude out and use to manifest changes upon this earth. America is the greatest manifestation. Watch this, guys. Quote this, watch this, listen to this. America is the greatest manifestation of the desire to be left alone on this earth. America is the greatest manifestation of the desire to be left alone at planet Earth has ever seen in its history. Manifesting things is incredibly important. 
Because we didn't stop that spirit of manifestation, that fire of change and illumination of Promethean genius after 1776 or after 1787. No, no, we kept it going. We kept it going with the abolitionist movement, the civil rights movement, then American libertarianism, then the anti-taxes. Uh, we kept it going. Anti-militarism protests in the 60s. We kept it going. Then the Tea Party in the 2010s and, you know, people against Americans for tax reform, Grover Norquest. We kept it going. We kept that spirit of elimination going and going and going on. And we cannot stop. We cannot stop. Manifestation is that which holds our institutions to the standards they were meant to protect and preserve and perpetuate. But do you, here's a question for you guys though. Do you have the intellectual and moral fortitude to recognize what these institutions are meant to do? Recognize the higher ideals of America? Rip them away from personalities and then impose upon people who swore to protect the ideas that you and I cherish or that, or that the idea of Americanism are predicated upon to a higher standard. Are you willing to do that or are you going to sit down and say if you dare question the institutions, if you dare question the government, you are unpatriotic? What are you going to do? Because if we had done that, the Red Scare would have continued and continued without any end. And millions of more people who had a belief system that I disagree with, but under the American system are perfectly well within their rights to have it, would have been either killed, locked up, or ruined. All kinds of things. The witch trials have kept happening. All kinds of things, which before America was even founded, but still. That sentiment of social acceptability is still alive in this country. It's still alive in this country. You have to be willing, to, as Emerson said, to challenge goodness. To see that it be goodness. Because if it's not, you must reform your idea of goodness and then keep moving on. That's what you must be willing to do as an American. It's what you must be willing to do. As an individual in this country that cherishes our tradition of rights. You must be willing to see if goodness is goodness or not. You must. Because if you're not, guys, then guess what? You will always fall slave to an unknown enemy. I said, if you do not challenge goodness to see if it be goodness, as Emerson said, you will always fall, peril, slave, to an unknown enemy. You will be complacent in a malevolent and dark activity that you don't even know is going on. We don't need that. We need to embrace the idea of free inquiry. Of self-dependence. Of individual admiration. Of self-love. Of self-respect. Of genius. Brilliance. Internalize those things. Create a cosmic motor within ourselves. That those things wrap around and they oscillate very fast. And then spew out the goodness. The divine essence that comes from our acceptance. Of self-reliance, of individuality, of love, of genius, of things that just absolutely animate the American soul. Things that are enmeshed into the poems of the great writers of this country. Like Thin Thoreau and Walt Whitman, Maya Angelou. All those great souls that were just trying to struggle for struggle for freedom, struggle for some liberty, struggle for some recognition, some 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 cosmic understanding. That is what America's about, people. America is not about you kneeling or not kneeling. America is not about you supporting the veterans or not supporting the veterans. America is not about you being a Republican or Democrat. 
America is not about you supporting President Trump or not supporting President Trump. America is not about your political ideology. America is not about how well you defend the homeland. America is about self-fulfillment. And when you realize that, when you recognize that, there is nothing more powerful in your life than that recognition. That is the recognition that so many folks, many patriotic folks have used to help this country reach new heights. So the question becomes this, my friends, my brothers, my sisters, what are you going to do to ensure that tradition is not lost on people? What are you going to do on this Independence Day to declare your independence from the pre-established banal mundane thinking that has imprisoned, ensnared, and eviscerated the true American mindset which led us to overthrow King George and establish a country where virtue is meant to run rampant and freedom is meant to flourish. What are you going to do after you listen to this broadcast to further that ascension to freedom, that ascension to a more perfect union, that ascension to the completion of the American experiment, the perfection of the American experiment, as I said in one of my articles in Washington Examiner. What are you going to do? You're going to sit by? Or are you going to step into this moment upon the hills of people like Patrick Henry, like Thomas Jefferson, like the founders, like Thoreau, like Emerson, like Herbert Spencer, like Lysander Spooner, like Rosewood or Lane, like all these great people, all like Frederick Hayek and Milton Friedman and all these awesome, awesome people. You're going to step into their example and use it to create actual change. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. Don't let this moment go to waste, people. Don't let it happen. I love all of you. You're all up in an awesome audience. Thank you for listening to me for so long. But until next time, guys, thank you. Have a happy 4th of July. And as always, stay pensive.